0: Sports Radio 610 presents Seth Payne and Sean Pendergast.
1: We coming to 8th time. Let's get to work man. Let's go. Great day. Great day.
0: Oh, give me some juice. Lady. Mills gets behind the center. Takes a knee. And that's it. Domination to the divisional round. The Houston Texans take apart Cleveland 45-14 as the sensational season continues. The greatest Playoff performance in Texans history just took place before our eyes. And now it's on to the next round. Wow. Here we go, man. Hey. Unbelievable. Right? Unbelievable, guys. We talk about right, making that one that one person proud. A lot of people are proud of you guys, man. You guys went out. You put on. You dominated. You dominated a really good football team. And we earned it. We talk about an opportunity. You guys earned up. And then you came and showed what Texas-style football looked like. Yeah. like. Everybody put on offense, awesome job. Defense, score. How many? Good, hey. oh, man. Good. Austin, <laughs> hey, you talk about a complete game all the way around, man. Complete game, complete domination. We talk about the focus. We talk about execution. That's what it looks like. Uh-huh. Here we go, baby. Here we, yeah. yeah. we go. Y'all yeah. know what time it is? Texas, warm, yeah, hell yeah. On to wait, okay. On to the next. <laughs> the
1: were a little no. Yeah. My headphones were turned up too loud. I yeah, someone who I didn't realize six, you were gonna go
0: yell. <laughs> it's pulled, six a.m.
1: Yeah, three tenors on. Hell me.
0: yeah, man. Hell yeah. It's the d- divisional round. By the time we come in tomorrow, there'll be eight teams left standing, and the Houston Texans will be one of those eight teams left standing, baby. After I think D'Amico summed it up perfectly. Dominance, dominant performance, cleanest performance of the year. No sacks allowed. One QB hit. One QB hit. Uh, no turnovers. Mm-hmm. Three penalties for twenty yards, and one of the penalties was an intentional delay of game. So really, oh, two that's penalties right. Yeah, for so fifteen yards.
1: Two uh, two actual penalties for fifteen yards. Dude,
0: that was, uh, that was a day, that man. was
1: a that was a hell of a performance, man. Uh, you know, you and I were talking about it before the show. And some of the various questions you've had about this team over the last few years, like, in the question you asked me a few weeks ago, was, uh, okay, was that Laramie Tunsil trade worth it? And, and I kind of was still thinking, like, well, Trent Williams was available at the time. I watched Laramie Tunsil on uh, already, like, pretty ailing on the season and then aggravating or injuring his knee during that game, but just absolutely shutting down Miles Garrett the way he has done in the past. Uh, Derek Stingley... A lot of criticism over the – so credit to William O'Brien, the general manager, Esquire, for the, the uh, Laramie the, the, the trade. The trade. Derek Stingley, lots of criticism for Sauce Gardner being better than Derek Stingley last year. Right. Uh, Derek Stingley, over the course of the second half of the season, is barely allowed a reception.
0: In the best corner in football.
1: Travels with Amari Cooper in masterful job by D'Amico, like, acting like there was no chance in hell they were going to do that during the week. He gave an answer during the week where he basically just said, hinted that they're just philosophically not going to do that, yeah. and then they go and do it. I, I, I'll i <laughs> forgive D'Amico for making me look like a clown for defending him and not making that move and then going and making the move. And uh, Oh, and then Will Anderson. Will Anderson, for a couple reasons. One, comes in alongside Jonathan Grenard, both of whom have – Bad ankles. So you got two good legs between those two, those two defensive ends. Two out of four. So Will Anderson, controversial or at least people were skeptical of that trade. Will Anderson has really poured it on in the second half of this season. Plays injured. He, John Grenard, and then well another GM acquisition, Derek Barnett, were like they were the keys to that game. That was the huge advantage the Texans had was that the edge rushers, if they were. Healthy enough to play could destroy those offensive tackles for the Browns. And as long as they did that, I I Joe Flacco was gonna be pure Joe Flacco as That's he it. was.
0: That's it. The the I was I was poking my beak in on Cleveland Radio this morning because they come on an hour before us, and I was I, I was um I was amazed. They were very confused about how they how they got here. You know, like how how did that happen on Saturday? Yeah. There was a lot of confusion. I, I, I even jotted down quotes, searching for answers, but we can find none. It's very, very simple. There's two answers to this thing. One, C.J. Stroud didn't play in the first game. C.J. Stroud is the truth. C.J. Stroud has put together three masterful games since he's come back from a concussion. Number two, and this is where I almost feel silly myself, that it took until 9.40 on Friday during the break, right before the last segment, for me to just take a look at Joe Flacco's Pro Football Reference page and say to myself, why are we overthinking this All these yards that he's piling up are merely masking the fact that this is still Joe Flacco. It's still Joe Flacco. It's still Joe Flacco throwing interceptions. It's still Joe Flacco who's never made a Pro Bowl. It's still Joe Flacco who only has one more player of the week award than CJ Stroud and he's played 16 years and CJ Stroud has played 16 games. Well, and even if you got
1: if you look at Joe Flacco's playoff record, you know, McLean was talking about how he's 10 and 5 in the playoffs and he's got as many road victories as Tom Brady. You go back and look at most of those victories were when the Ravens bailed him out of really awful yeah, football man. games. Half of those victories he had, he completed like 52% or less of his passes. So I was saying before the game, at some point, Joe Flacco's going to turn into a pumpkin. And and you you made the good point that, like, well, he really already has. It's just the teams haven't taken advantage of it. He'd thrown eight interceptions at five games. He'd fumbled the ball four times. And it was just a matter of whether a team was going to really fully take advantage of it. And that's where you credit the Texans for the... They're the ones who took advantage to pick of it. sixes. Right. And, and it starts with a pass rush yeah. and it, and it continues on with those guys reading Joe Flacco's eyes or just in the case of Steven Nelson's interception, just getting underneath a duck of a ball. Yeah, he could have to fair caught it if he wanted to. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, just an awesome, awesome team effort. And, and then also too. So the, the reason that Joe Flacco can win playoff games often that the one Super Bowl run was different. The defense wasn't actually that good that year, but. Um, The reason that he could win games with the Browns, and the reason the Browns won uh, as many games as they did this year, despite leading the league in turnovers, was that that Browns defense was very, very good. Um, Except, so what What can you do to counteract that? You're going to need a guy that doesn't turn the ball over in C.J. Stroud. You're going to have to figure out a way to take the pass rush away from them. And that's where, man, it's not just Laramie Tunsil. It's the entire offensive line, It's CJ knowing how to maneuver in the pocket, how to step up in a way that you go back to that Ravens game in week one, and it's amazing how far he's come. And then Bobby Slowick utilizing the play action, which using the play action, even as frustrating as it is is sometimes because you're just going to sacrifice some of those bad runs, it allows you to A, set up the play action, but also B, keep more bodies on the field. And they just sometimes it's just a matter of throwing more numbers at the, at the equation, and then and, and then for all of the talk, these weird, stupid stat sites that a lot of you like people need to stop looking at. CJ versus man coverage. Um, it, like he he took what he wanted versus man he coverage did. in that game. He did. He really did.
0: He did. He w- he was great. Here was D'Amico Ryan's. Let's go to uh, Ben. Let's go to the CJ stuff here in the rundown. Uh, here's D'Amico Ryan's on the performance of his rookie quarterback. CJ is the reason why we're in this position. He's special, special young man, special player, continues to shine no matter how big the moment is. Like Our whole team is leaning on him, and he has the shoulders to carry that weight, and he shows up week after week. He continues to improve week after week. Uh, No moment is too big for him, and when you have a, a young player who can shoulder the load of your team and the way the team is behind him, the confidence that he gives our entire team, it's so cool to watch, right? Because he's such a special player, and you know, he has a special season, and we're looking forward to keep moving on. I'd love to know what they're saying in Baltimore, and in Buffalo, and in Kansas City about C.J. Stroud. Well, they uh, yeah, give you a this, chance. They're the hot team. Yeah.
1: They, the Texans are the hot team because of C.J. Stroud. Derek Stingley has been a revelation over the last few weeks, and... The way he's playing, I think, and then the way the Texans' defense is being opportunistic, they're the team that you you look at and you think, oh, great! Like this is the one we don't want to catch on the way up. Yeah, this is the this is the one where all of a sudden it's a wild card injected at the end of the year.
0: It's it's, it's Joe Burrow from two three years ago, whenever that was, twenty twenty one. Yeah, yeah. The Bengals yeah. made the run to the Super Bowl yeah. with a ten and seven record. Yeah, I would take that.
1: That's um the the whole thing it, it's funny, you were mentioning Cleveland Radio. I would credit Brown's fans for a couple things. This is one of those instances where I think a lot of the fan base is smarter than uh the media and the coaches themselves. Uh, I'm not sure Kevin's is anything more than a glorified offensive coordinator. Yep. But um it's this. It's that Cleveland Sports Radio might be confused as to how they lost that game. Browns fans were not confused about how that game might go. They they really didn't show up to that game at all. And I thought about it afterwards. I'm like, oh, okay. They, they'd watch Joe Flacco. Even as the Browns were bad during the Joe Flacco era, they'd watch Joe Flacco up close and personal yes. multiple times a year. They're they they they're not going to travel to Houston for the third time in two years to go watch Joe Flacco. You,
0: you and I were doing the pregame, obviously, out where there's a ton yeah. of people. And I know I was saying to you throughout the morning, we've been at games this year where opposing fan bases have been taking over that outdoor area yeah, where we are. Yeah. We watch Denver. We watch Pittsburgh. And I was looking around. I'm like, this ain't that. You know, no. This this it, it ain't Jacksonville or Arizona. But there there's some Browns fans, sure. We got in that stadium. First of all, great job. I thought Texan fans wasn't full, but it was way fuller than it's been all year. And that place was loud. There's a lot of longtime Texan fans that I talked to after that game, during the weekend, during the game even. And they're like, "This is the loudest I can. This is the loudest I can remember since 2011."
1: We uh, we have a hard time. We don't really hear the crowd noise that well up in the press box. And I got, I kind of got, I got jarred out of whatever conversation I was having at the end of the first half because I thought there was for some reason I thought there was going to be one more play still, and all of a sudden. I like. I had to whip my head around to figure out what had happened, and it was just the crowd cheering the team, the Texas the team, as they were going into the tunnel. Yeah, yeah. You know, Will Anderson was was doing the yeah, raise up. And, yeah,
0: it was. It was hot, man. It was. That was the funnest day covering this team for me since I got the, here. The one, the one, kind of funny part, and the part that um, I like I
1: think people need to get back into the groove a little bit. The MVP chants were awesome except maybe don't do them when CJ's coming up to the line to start his case. Yeah, we still got to get some very, of our game, game plan in place. <laughs> they were very loud. Yeah. There were very loud MVP chants going on as the offense was on the field. Yeah. And I appreciate the sentiment, but let, uh, let's remember, there's an
0: offense at work here. Yes, yeah. yes. I, it's, hey, we're still getting our legs on this, yeah, man. It's yeah, been, four yeah, yeah. been four years. been four years. Great job, though, by by the, the crowd showing up, being loud. It was awesome. It, it was so fun. From the beginning of the pregame, all the way through to the, end, to the end of the post game, that was the most fun Saturday slash Sunday that I can remember in the last ten years covering this team. It was great.
1: Derek Stingley traveling with Cooper was real. That was really cool right from the get go to see that. You see Derek yeah. Stingley down on the right on. side. They're like, oh, it's oh, on. They're yeah. doing it. They're doing yeah. this thing. Yeah. And limiting to how much does uh, what? What did Cooper end up having? Cooper Yeah, he, he
0: had four catches for fifty nine yards, yeah. but only one happened. I think while Stingley one or zero. I can't remember like while Stingley was on him he was shut down yeah. shut down yeah. um it was great yeah the stars came out man the texans star players outplayed the brown star players in this game all right um we will uh we're going to dig back into saturday a whole lot on the show top of the hour we're going to relive the the six biggest highlights voice of vandy we're going to do some acknowledging at 7:25 on the show um let's take a look though cuz the the way the weekend played out all of a sudden this afternoon is really really crucial to the Houston Texans who do texan fans want on Saturday. The game will be Saturday, 3.30. We know that. We just don't know the opponent yet. Who do Texan fans want? And weigh in if you're up. We know it's a holiday today, MLK Day today. Weigh, weigh in on the text page, 713-572-4610. If you're up, give us a shout out. You're listening to Payne and Pendergast.